Good afternoon, good afternoon, this is Chris. You're listening to another episode of Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast, and I'm your host, Chris. Today, I was thinking about the word transformation, and not just the word transformation, but what it means, the transformative power of Christ, and how we display that, how that, what that means for our life. Transformative means causing or able to cause an important and lasting change in someone or something. I mean, we've seen examples of this in scripture. For example, there was a woman that was caught in the act of adultery that's referenced in John 8, 1 through 11. The Pharisees brought this woman before Jesus and said to Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing that they, the law commands them to stone such a woman. And Jesus said, let any of you who is without sin cast the first stone. And then the only one by one, they started leaving. And the only person that was left was Jesus in the, in the woman. And Jesus asked, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no. And he replies, neither do I condemn you. Or consider the Pharisee Nicodemus, who would visit Jesus at night, asking questions, while not yet fully convinced of Jesus' divinity, had seen the miracles that Jesus performed. And by the time of the crucifixion of Christ, Nicodemus was a believer, boldly. Or the tax collector in Luke 19, that before meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus was selfish and money-hungry you know, in his service as a tax collector. Yet after meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay four times the amount. Or the Apostle Paul that was formerly Saul of Tarsus, formerly a Pharisee trained in all the intricacies of Jewish law. He was so zealous for his religion that he felt duty bound to persecute those who were deemed heretics or blasphemers. So much so that on his mission and way to Damascus, he met the resurrected Christ and was blinded. And then from there, he met a man named Ananias who spoke to him about the way of Jesus. This angry, driven, and self-righteous Pharisee was transformed into a humble and influential apostle of Christ. What's my point? Jesus saves lives. He changes lives. And he saves us. Or the Samaritan woman. Uh, The scripture says, Then the woman left her water jar and went into John and told the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And here's the story about that, just in brief. Jesus met a woman at the well, tired and thirsty, asking for a drink. And if you get a chance, please be so kind as to take the time to go and read that in depth. Yet we get a glimpse of how Jesus loves so well. 
by asking the woman for a drink of water, he let her know that she had something to offer. He made space for her honest questions and took time to answer them. You know, and here's what I was thinking about. Is when you go back and you read that chapter 4 in John and you go up before because that verse that I just read to you. Let me look here. It is because I really want to make this point. Is the the then the woman left her water jar and went into the room and told the people, "Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah?" That's from John four twenty eight twenty nine. But if you read those previous verses before that, you'll see, you know, their detailed conversation that he had for her. And when I'm saying he showed her, you know, her broken places is often an interpretation. But and 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 what happened? But here's the thing that's interesting to me: if you read uh four uh john four verse ten we'll start with nine the samaritan woman said to him you are a jew and i'm a samaritan woman how can you ask me for a drink for jews do not associate with samaritans and jesus answered her if you knew the gift of god and who it is that asked you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water here's my point you notice that Jesus didn't mention the part that often we hear in sermons and I'm not saying they're wrong where they talk about the fact that she had you know five husbands and the one that she was with wasn't her her husband Jesus offered her relationship without listing anything that she had done wrong I mean seriously he offered her a gift of relationship because that that's really what that is. He offers you the gift, the opportunity at that point. He's not listening. He's not, con, you know, concerned with your sins because he's the giver of life. He forgives them that that's your past, present and um, future sins. That was just awesome to me. And I didn't really realize that until today, because I'm like most of the times when I think about that scripture, I'm always thinking, oh, yeah, you know, the Samaritan woman, you know, the well, and she had the five husbands. And I know it's important to note that he didn't like even when they had that encounter, he didn't like take her to the market square. He didn't bash her, insult her. But even before he got to that point, he was offering the relationship because that's what she had known. She had known religion and you know legality she didn't know relationship and so much so you know she left her water jar and went and shared her encounter with other people and then later in the story it says that she you know the people that Jesus stayed in Samaria two days longer and then the people said you know to paraphrase they said they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the savior of the world. What that means is the people had an encounter and an experience of the transforming power of Christ. And they didn't need somebody else to tell them who Jesus was, how Jesus is. They knew him for themselves. You know what I'm saying? That's what that means. And that is so deep and that is so powerful and impactful. To me, it is, you know, because when you think about it, you know, what does this mean for our lives today? Right now is that Jesus changes lives and it's illustrated not just in these scriptures, but in in everything that's around us. I mean, think about it this way. Presently, we live in a society and a time that is often plagued for hate for people. 
hate for people because of sexuality, orientation, gender identity, expression, or we live in a time where people expose and people are happy to criticize and condemn and exclude others. Sometimes people even use their platforms, whatever it is, media, social media, videos, whatever, messages, news, however they use it, and they use it to vilify others and to 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 share the lie the absolute lie that god and abba excludes that that's what that's what happens oftentimes and while it's true there are churches and leaders and laity that spread the good news and gospel of jesus it is also true that church can be a segregated hour More specifically, one of the bigger problems is that people can agree with you that, yes, Jesus died for our sins. You know, they can agree that people should, you know, have a relationship with Christ, but they disagree with how the transformation takes place and what it should look like. They want to judge other people and say how your relationship should look or be. That's what happens. I really believe that. That's where the judging or the condemnation starts. And here's the bigger picture and the real point. We don't get to say how the transformation looks. We don't get to define that. I mean, how could we really, really, really define what transformation looks like on another human as a human? Here's what I mean. And I love it how last night uh, Apostle Triplett talked about this on his Facebook page when he was doing a video. And he broke down judges and how the reason that the judges seek is higher than the other people's seat is because the judge has the power and the position at that time to 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 hand down the sentences or the decrees but as you and me i can't look at lucy and bill and carl and sheila people's lives and judge them i can't i can't do that because we're the same and i know we've had this history historical mentality and presidents and experience of the fact that people try to rate sins your sin is greater than my sin or you're this and i'm better you know all of those things and those are absolute lies that's crap sorry hate to tell you that's not how that works jesus died for all of us he forgives your sin how can you point out other people's sin that's where that scripture comes well how are you going to point other people point out the speck in my eye when you got that big old log in yours that that we don't get to do that that's that's not what we do but you know a lot of people and we get caught up in that and condemning others and telling other people your transformation can only look this way and that's not true jesus not chris not anybody else transforms lives you know or another example that you know we were talking about is how it's important to share our personal experiences and how Jesus has transformed my life to share that with everybody that we meet in our encounters one life one heart at a time here's why that's important because there's no healing in silence there's none you know think about it think about it remember and I loved how and then I go back to that Facebook video because it was so impactful and I identify with one of the uh, illustrations that Apostle used. Apostle Triplett was talking about how, remember in testimony service, how you'd have a person that would come up, you know, to the podium or whatever and say that they used to drink, but now they don't drink anymore, not because alcohol is bad, but because they didn't need it. Maybe that particular person was numbing, you know, their pain and, and their experiences, and that's what they referenced. You know, it was all types of stories that were like that. And I identified with that story because I can remember a time in my life where I remember I was filled with so much pain, not pain, because, you know, due to my sexuality or anything like that, but pain because my life was an absolute mess. 
It was absolutely, there was toxicity, there was dysfunction, and it wasn't just other people's fault. It was my fault too. I, you know, was just in really wounded and in, in, in a bad place. And I remember I was just driving around, you know, after work and I just wanted something to fix it. And I remember passing, you know, getting ready to pass by this um, liquor store. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, maybe it'd be good if I, um, you know, get some alcohol. And 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 I remember just as clear as I'm recording, you know, this podcast, I was saying to me, there is nothing in that store that can numb your pain. Not a single thing. I reluctantly drove away. I did reach out to someone later. You know, I've also, you know, an advocator for mental health and going to sit with a therapist and talk and work out your issues and just really, you know, get healed. And and that was one thing, you know, that I experienced. But it wasn't just that, you know, level of transformation. I can remember transformation of being upset because, you know, uh, my parents were, weren't accepting of my sexuality. And I wanted somebody to be my parent and love me the way that I was supposed to be loved. And I kept looking for acceptance. And I remember I had gone to the store because I was had had a you know, bad phone call with them and it had not gone well. And I remember walking in the store and, and hearing Abba say to me, how many people are you going to need to say that they accept you and love you before you accept the fact that I do? I remember that. And I, I can't tell you that my that transformation was immediate for me. It happened later for me when I really, you know, you know, delved deeper into into spending time with God and really asking him, even though I know it sounded weird or seems weird. I remember getting to a place and I've said it in previous podcasts where I said, I'm going to need you to be my parent. You know, I'm going to need to for you to do that because me looking for all these other people to do stuff that they can't willing or unwilling to is really just, you know, not helping me right now. And when I sought him for that, you know, it, it gave me a, a place of wholeness. It gave me a place of healing in that area where I didn't look for other people to do what they could not. You know, and I know there are people that are listening and say, hey, you know, I don't have that story. You know, I don't have an issue with alcohol or substance abuse or acceptance or whatever the issue may be. That's fine. Your sterile, your story is valid and important. You know, whether you're saying that your life was or is or was ordinary. Great. We need all those experiences, all those things that show how Jesus has transformed your life. Another example that comes to mind is I can remember. You know, my wife talking about being in college and how there was a guy in one of her classes that was talking about his church. She doesn't even remember exactly, you know, what he said, you know, specifically. It wasn't long winded or anything, but she remembered the joy and she wanted to know who's this God that you're talking about. You know, and those type of encounters are needed. Those spaces are needed. That's how I love how Word and Power in Atlanta. And if you're ever there, you can look on your Facebook page or Transformation Center. They do these uh, spaces and centers where people come and they learn more about who God is or Ignite Columbus. But back to Word and Power, they do a breaking bread where you sit together with other people and have all these conversations and perspectives. Why is that needed? It's because our encounters, no matter how big or small, are very important to show the transformation that Jesus does for our lives. There is healing power in the presence of Christ. And we overcome by the word of our testimony. People need to know how he redeemed you. 
People need to know how you were in a broken place and you were lost and it was dark and you didn't you didn't know how it was was going to turn out. But he made a way. Maybe he sent the therapist or maybe he sent a stranger or maybe somebody would call you or maybe maybe it it could be all kinds of different things. But people need to know that because you have so many people. The reasons why churches uh, uh, segregation in churches occurs, I believe, is because there's this isolative. And I don't even know if that's a word, but isolation that is experienced where people think it's just me. And it is not just you. There are people around you and we that are strong. We're here to strengthen those people. We, you know, we're, we're to bear those burdens because that's what the body of Christ is about. And if we're not empowering and encouraging other people, we're not pointing people to the father. Then we ain't doing the right thing. We are not. And there's so much hurting and there's so many things that are, you know, going on around in the world. And I think we have the answer. We have the tools. We, we have the solution. And those of us that know who God is and know who, you know, the nature of who he is for us, it's our job. It's our responsibility. As Apostle Triplett says, if we're not doing that, then we are sinning because he's given us the, the revelation. And we have to go and share that with everyone that we meet. One heart, one life at a time. Think about how many people you come in contact with. with. How hard is it to just be present and talk? Doesn't mean you got to get a bullhorn and, 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 and holler at them. It doesn't. Just in interactions. We interact with people all the time. That is so important. That's the reason. Tell the story of how Jesus impacts your life. You're the only one that can tell it. I can't tell your story because your story is not mine. And guess what, sugar? It ain't got to be. You just tell what Jesus has meant to you, how he matters to you, how Jesus is the best relationship you have ever had in your life. Why? Because it is about relationship. You know, I mean, that's why. I mean, I know I talk about songs, but it's so much deeper than the song lyric, than the rhythm of the beat and the singer or the singer. That's why people, the meaning, I'm saying, the meaning behind those words that says, Savior, more than life to me. You are the air and joy I breathe. No other lover shall there be. Savior, more than life to me. Or I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my life. It is so deeper than that because he has changed us how has he changed us he transforms us in relationship he transforms us in love think about it we don't have to perform the power of transformation is not confined just to uh our performance it's not even about our performance or behavior it's not doesn't matter if we're good today or not good or have no plans to be uh, good. Our behavior will never disqualify us. That was the important message when you're looking at Luke and the story of the prodigal son. That was one of the elements that often I think is often missed because the son is thinking that his behavior has disqualified him from being a son. So he now has to be a servant. But we don't ever have to, you know, literally he has to serve, you know, like the servants in the field, you know, the servants that serve his father. But that's that's not what that's about. That's why the father is saying, bring the robe, because Abba gives us Jesus gives us relationship. So he died for us to have that relationship. So there's no behavior that's out there that will ever disqualify us from being sons and daughters and theys and them of God. Nothing we can do disqualifies that the blood solidified that. And it's the relationship that we have with him. We always have it. 
He never takes it away. He doesn't throw us out of the family just because you did, you know, so that's that's not true. And, and, and we that know that need to spread that message and tell people until they get it. And I don't know if I got to come to your town and tell you that, but I'm willing to do it. One heart, one life at a time. Because think about it this way. Jesus transforms our heart and our lives is through us. And that's the good news. That's the good news. When you look back at the transformations that are occurring in this, the uh, scriptures from the apostles to Nicodemus to the fact that the man that was healed of the demon or the, uh, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery or the woman at the well. Those, excuse me, those are the transformations. Because Jesus is the best thing that ever happens to us. He is the life, the truth, and the way. And you don't have to take my word for it or someone else's word or experiences. That's the point of that scripture in John 4 later that I was telling you about. That the people, they learned it from themselves. They got to know Jesus for themselves. And that's the invitation and offer that is always open to you. That relationship, that door is always open. You can't disqualify yourself from getting it. He invites you to draw close to him. That's one of the reasons that the Pharisees were so upset is because all the people that they had deemed, note the point, they had deemed unworthy. Jesus didn't deem them unworthy. The people, the keepers of the law did. And if you, you know, live by the law, you got to die by the law. And that ain't how, that's, that's not how it works. You don't have to. You can if you choose that route, but you don't have to. Not when Jesus extends you an offer, an invitation to be in relationship with him. Jesus transforms lives. We don't get to choose how that transformation occurs or how it looks. We're all Abba's kids. We are chosen. We are accepted. We are loved. We are valued. That's the benefit of relationship. He's the God that delights in you, that pursues you. He's, he's never too busy, never too tired. He sings and dances over us. He wants us. And that's so important to wants us. And I think sometimes people are concerned about transformation because people have been taught the lie that transformation means that you have to be somebody else. No, oh, no, sugar, you ain't got to be nobody else. Be you. He wants you to be the authentic person. You're talking about the creator of the universe that created you. Every single thing, every part of you, whether you consider it a flaw or not, or not, he doesn't consider it that way. He took intricate time to create you. And desires a relationship with you. You and him can have a relationship each and every day, moment to moment. It doesn't have to be just at church or just in revival or just in conferences. It can be all the time, every day, every way. He loves you all the way, all the time. And I hope that encourages your spirit today. I hope you've gotten something that, you know, you can share and think about. Jesus transforms lives, the transformative power of Christ and how it's important to share that experience, to share that with everyone we meet. There's no experience, no situation that is too small or too big. Share it with everybody. Tell Jesus what Jesus means to you. Learn who God is and his true nature. And I promise you that love, that truth will change your entire life. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day. 
you can always uh, reach out to the podcast at encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com you have a great day i love you you can't change it see y'all next time